Life is an epic journey. Live it unleashed. Hey, fellow journeyers, Jeremy here. Welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. Life is this awesome, epic journey. And God offers us this passionate life, a life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace, and walks in freedom. And that is the life we're living. And as we continue to journey together here uh, through Luke, I hope you're having an awesome journey with us. Invite somebody else along. The journey is better in community. So we'd be inviting friends, send them the link, talk to them about what you're reading, what you're listening to, get them to join the journey with us because this is an awesome, awesome journey to be on together. As we journey with Luke, we're going through Luke and Acts together as season two of the Living Unleashed podcast. And today we are on Luke chapter nine. That is Luke chapter nine. And uh, today, man, we're going to be looking at the disciples and their roller coaster of faithlessness. I mean, they just go up and down, faithful, unfaithful, faithful, unfaithful. And uh, so today it's about that roller coaster of faithlessness. And uh, as we look at it, just look at the beginning of chapter 9, okay? The beginning of the chapter of chapter 9, Jesus tells the disciples, gets them all together, he says they've been given power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sends them out. By the time you get down to verse 10, it says that when the disciples returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. So it was successful. They go out. They're given authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick. They come back. Yeah, you know, awesome mission. I mean, it's kind of like that feeling after you get back off of a really awesome trip, maybe a mission trip, you know, and and or you just got done with a, a conference or a camp. And oh, man, you just feel great. You know, you're on a high. You're on the top of the mountain. All right. So there they are. They're at the top. Faithful. Awesome. They've experienced the power of God. Well, not for long. Then it comes up to this account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, all these people gather, listening to Jesus talk. It's getting late. They need to be fed. They're hungry. There's nowhere to go. So they come to Jesus and they tell him, you know, um, maybe we should send these people away uh, so they can go find something to eat. And Jesus's response is, you feed them. Now, look at how the disciples respond to that. The disciples now, remember, now they've gone down to the valley because now they say, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Are you expecting us to go out and buy enough food for this whole crowd? Right? I mean, they're like, how are we supposed to feed this whole group of people, this huge crowd with just a handful of fish and loaves of bread? What are we supposed to do about that? Uh, you know, they, they don't see a solution. Now, remember, these are the same guys that just had this great faith because they had been given power and authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And now, all of a sudden, instead of looking and saying, eh, I wonder what God can do with this, they say, oh, woe is me. It can't work. Well, Jesus does it. He says, just have everybody sit down. I'll take care of it. And he just keeps handing them fish and loaves, and it just keeps coming out, and, and it multiplies, and they feed everyone. Everybody eats all they want. And then they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. So here's this awesome, 
awesome demonstration of God's power. So what happens? Well, now they're going back to the top of the the roller coaster, faithful, because now Jesus asks them, you know, who do you think I am? You know, and after they have this little uh, discussion, Peter replies, you are the Messiah or the Christ from God, the one sent from God. Now, that's awesome. Here he is. Man, sees it plain as day. It is just really this powerful moment. But then we come to a point that is really a turning point here within the Gospel of Luke. And that is because now Jesus starts to predict his death. And he, he declares to them, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. All right? So we're, he's beginning to define for them what it means for him to be the Messiah. And, and for him to be the Messiah, you know, he tells them, there's going to be some terrible things happen to me as I go to Jerusalem. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to be killed. But on the third day, I'll be raised from the dead. This does not match up with what the disciples think. So now they've been on that mountain again, top, top of the hill, you know. Peter makes this great, bold declaration. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. And now we're back down again. And they're, they're shaken. So then you have the transfiguration. Go back to the top of the mountain, right? We get back to the top of the mountain. Now they're literally on top of a mountain and, and with Jesus, and, and, and he's transfigured. He's seen, they see him in all of his glory. Elijah and Moses show up. It's this really awesome experience. Things are great. They even hear the voice of God tell them, this is my son, my chosen one. Then what happens? Well, they go down to the mountain. And some of his disciples, the rest of them, because you know, only three went up, the rest of them are down there. And some guy had brought his son uh, to the disciples to have him healed, to have this demon cast out. They couldn't do it. Couldn't. Now remember, these are the same guys that just got back from this awesome mission trip where they demonstrated tremendous faith, casting out demons, healing the sick, and now they can't. And Jesus gets frustrated. As a matter of fact, he, he gets frustrated with them, and he's like, you foolish and corrupt generation. Actually, you faithless and corrupt people. Now, those, the, the language here is the same language used in Exodus um, when God looks at his people, and, and he says, you are a faithless and corrupt generation. Okay? There's this correlation between this faithfulness or faithlessness. Remember here, so far throughout this, this, this chapter, the disciples have not done anything that we would consider overtly sinful, okay? They just haven't had faith. They haven't, they haven't had clarity on what Jesus is doing, and they've lacked that faith, and he, he rebukes them. Then he, he again predicts his death uh, there starting uh, in the uh, last half of verse 43, uh, then what happens? Well, the disciples get into an argument about who's the greatest in the kingdom. Then uh, they see somebody else casting out demons using Jesus' name, and they stopped him. Uh, but Jesus has to tell them, don't stop him. Anyone who's not against you is for you. Then they go, they go into a Samaritan village on the way to Jerusalem, and this village rejects him because he's on his way to Jerusalem. So on their way out, James and John said, hey, Jesus, you just want us to call down some fire from heaven and take care of them, burn them all up? But Jesus turns and rebukes them again, so they go on to another village. Now, I just want you to see here. I want you to see there's this roller coaster. The, the disciples, it says here, 
are rebuked by Jesus. What, three times? Okay. I mean, uh, you know, so he, he rebukes him three times, maybe another time that doesn't overtly say re- rebuked, but it seems to carry that within it. Okay. Man, because of their faithlessness. See, they're on this roller coaster of faithlessness. And now what caused it? Well, I think part of what caused it here is they start out on this high, but then they start to find out that where Jesus is headed, what he's doing doesn't match up with who they thought Jesus was, where they thought he ought to be going, what he ought to be doing. And so they respond in the wrong manner. They respond, uh, their, their faith plummets. They can't cast out a demon anymore. They don't even think about using faith to feed the, you know, the feed the masses. They, uh, they get in an argument over who's number one, who's going to be the top, who's the greatest. So, so now they're, they're, they're bickering over power inwardly. Then they get upset because there's somebody else out there casting out de- uh, Jesus and uh, casting out demons in Jesus' name. And they're like, hey, he's not one of us. You want us to get rid of him? You know, because if he's not with us, he, and Jesus is like, if he's not against us, he's for us. And then they get outright rejected uh, by a village, and they just want to call down fire from heaven. You see, all their responses are wrong. So what does Jesus say? Man, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Because if you try to hang on to your own life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it, right? And he goes on to say there at the end of chapter 9, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You see, when we're called to be a part of God's kingdom, we're to focus our eyes on Jesus. We're to follow him. We're to go with him. And when we do, we're going to experience this this power and ability and authority to live life the way Jesus has called us to. That's that's all going to be available to us. It doesn't mean we're going to get everything we want. It's about Jesus and where he's headed and us being on mission with him and us living for, for him. And that when we do, I mean, we're going to experience hope and joy and peace and freedom in our lives. But when we don't, we're going to be at odds with Jesus. And so here we see Jesus. I mean, they lose their ability to live the life they were called to live because they were given power and authority to cast out demons, and now they can't because of their lack of faith. They're rebuked by Jesus two, three, maybe four times in this chapter because of their lack of faith. What about you? Are you really focusing on Jesus? I mean, I think this passage says so much to us about how we respond to the world around us today. And man, today's a lot of people are, are want that kind of reaction. Who's the greatest? Um, stop them because they're not one of us, or 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 call down fire from heaven on that group because you know they uh, of who they are, what they said about us, or 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 whatever. You know, I mean, there's so much application here. If we want to follow Jesus, we have to give up our own way and follow him. We have to keep our eyes firmly focused on the kingdom of God. And we'll experience a passionate life, a life that to the full, filled with hope, joy, peace, and freedom when we're following Jesus and chasing after him. And that's what this passage, I think, is all about. And we're going to start to see how we're turning now. We're turning towards uh, Jerusalem. And there's going to be more times here as the disciples move on where they're faithful and they're faithless. 
Um, but we want to see what Jesus can do in us as we let him and as we trust him and believe him every day. So, hey, I hope you have an awesome day. I hope you continue to live unleashed. I hope you stay up on that top of that roller coaster, living faithfully to God every single moment of the day and then just experience the life he'll give you. This is Jeremy. Have an awesome day. And as always, keep on living unleashed.